everyone, welcome to today's episode of Heart Home Faith. I'm your host, Olivia, and I am so happy that you're joining us today. Today, I have a really awesome guest. Her name is Jenna Hines, and she is the author of a book called The Lazy Liturgical, which I love because it is low pressure to no pressure liturgical living. So please listen in and hear her great wisdom about liturgical living and incorporating the life and the celebrations of the church into your own home life. Hey, Jenna. Hi, Olivia. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It is so cool to actually see your face. I feel like I know you. So it's good. Okay, so I have this copy of The Lazy Liturgical, which I think you've redesigned. Did you add things to it, or is it still- I did. I almost almost doubled the size of the book. Um, After I'd written that one, it was pretty successful, and people wanted more, and so I wanted to add more to it. And so, yeah, so I almost doubled the size of it, I want to say. and then I have a whole like running list of people that I want to add, um, you know, to the next time that, you know, I update it as well. So that is so cool. Okay. So I kind of, I'm not sure if reversion is like a real word or term as far as like Catholic terminology, but I'm going to, I make up words sometimes. So um, I kind of had like my conversion experience after I had my first daughter and I, I was born raised Catholic, cradle Catholic situation, but it wasn't until after I had my first daughter that I found out about this idea of like living liturgically and the domestic church. And so I'm really curious because like you, as you just said, you made a very successful book that actually relates to this. What's your story? How did you find out like what liturgical living was and decide you wanted to implement that with your family? Well, I think my story is pretty similar to yours. Um, after I had our daughter, um, I was decided to stay at home. So I left my job teaching. I was staying at home and I really needed something else to do. Um, I did a lot of crafting and I found myself reading a lot of mom blogs, you know, and all those kind of things, trying to stay connected with people. Um, And so I had noticed this concept of liturgical living. People would say, oh, it's, you know, so-and-so's feast day today and we're going to do this. And I, it was so unfamiliar to me. And so I, I started looking more into it and realizing that there's just so many ideas out there and so many things to do. And it, it almost became overwhelming to me. Yeah. Um, I remember I bought a planner and I was like, okay, I'm going to put all the feast days in there and I'm going to write down all these ideas that I'm finding on all these blogs and I'm going to plan it and I'm going to do it. And all that sounds great before you have kids, but then you have kids and you're like, I can't do this. <laughs> and yeah. I know some moms can, um, and they do, and that's great. And I, I, you know, I love their ideas and I think that they're important and, you know, a really great thing to do for your family. And I would do them if I could. Um, But I needed something that was more structured and something simpler um, because I knew that I would not, I would not have it together enough to have the ingredients and the special supplies and, you know, all that kind of stuff on hand. So I needed something that would work for our lives, Um, which is, so I kind of wrote it for myself. And then I realized, I think other people need this too. And so I published it. That is so cool. Okay, so I love that you mentioned that like it can become overwhelming because I totally had that exact same experience. So a little different. I had my daughter and I was a stay-at-home mom 
And then a few years into everything, I started working part-time, which is how I know your parents. But <laughs> it was like, okay, well, you know, I feel really called to be a mom, but I also feel really called to the work that I do outside the home. And I also feel like I want to incorporate things, but finding a balance, like I can't do everything and, you know, have the, the most minute details. I, I can't do it. And so sometimes like when I was reading through a lot of those mom blogs and like Catholic mom blogs, which are awesome, they really are. Like, I love them, but it was like, this just doesn't work for me. And so I love that you were like, this doesn't work for me. And so you took the concept and you made it not stressful for you. I think that's really important to make things not stressful for yourself. Yeah, I think, cause I think what I, I you know, I know I fall into this trap and I, I'm assuming other moms do too where if it seems overwhelming, you just don't do it at all. Um, and so I wanted to do liturgical living. I wanted to, my kids to know all the different celebrations of the church rather than just, you know, all like the, the rules and, you know, things like that. Cause there's so much more to our church than that. And, and I didn't just want to give up on it because it was too overwhelming. Um, and what I realized was, is that liturgical living isn't about, it's not about the size of the celebration or the, how elaborate, you know, your you know, celebration is or whatever. It's just about the kids knowing that the saint exists, knowing that the feast day exists, knowing that this part of our faith exists. And so, I mean, this morning, today's the feast day, um, while we're recording this, is the feast day of um, St. Thomas More. And, um, and all we did today was this morning when we woke up, I told the kids it was the feast of St. Thomas More. Um, and then we found a prayer um, that he had written and we prayed it together and we talked about it for a second, you know, less than a minute. And we said, St. Thomas more pray for us. And that's it. That's liturgical living. You know, I love it. I love the low pressure approach. Thank you for encouraging those of us who feel overwhelmed by the, you know, seven layer Pinterest cake with the, you know, image of the saint perfectly crafted out of so cool. I love looking at them and I wish that I could do them and maybe someday I'll do it once in a while, but, um, but I just knew it wasn't, it's just not doable. I didn't want to feel like a failure. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Okay. So you're starting to explain this, but could you explain just like what liturgical living is? Yeah, of course. Um, so the church celebrates and has, you know, prayers and reverence for every minute of the day, really. If you start daily, there are the liturgy of the hours, where every hour is, you know, holy throughout the day. Each day of the week is actually dedicated to a particular um, person or aspect of our faith throughout the um, church week. Every month has a special devotion, like this month in June is um, dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And then, of course, we have the liturgical seasons, Christmas and Easter and Pentecost and, you know, all those different things. And then day to day, there's also uh, the saints and the events in the life of Jesus and Mary um, that we commemorate on different days as well. And so, you know, by liturgical living, you're kind of looking at each day of the Catholic Church, what's going on in that day, who are we celebrating, um, what are we celebrating, and then teaching your kids about, or your family or yourself, um, about what the significance of that day is, what the significance of that person or that event is, and how that can lead us closer to Jesus. Because, you know, it all does come back to Jesus, of course, you know, I'm not and for any non-Catholics, you know, that might be listening, you know, I'm not, we're not worshiping these saints or Mary or any of these people. Um, we're just looking at how they all point us back to Jesus. Um, 
and to touch on the idea of the domestic church, the domestic church is your family. It's your home. It's how you live out your faith in your home. Uh, church is not just going to mass on Sundays. You know, there's, you know, the resurrected, there's um, those waiting in purgatory, and then there's us. And so the church domestic is the way we live out our faith at home. That is awesome. Thank you for explaining that. Um, what, so I know you are focusing on liturgical living. That's what I want to talk to you about. But one of the things that I'm starting to, even on a more simple level, is to think of this idea of like sacramental living and like looking at the sacraments and like how do we incorporate like the sacrament of reconciliation into our family culture in our everyday life and how that's like very, um, especially as a woman and somebody who like learned more about the church once I became a mom, I felt like very empowered in this very like strange way that was just like, I feel like I can really contribute something that's beautiful to the church, even though I'm home or even though I'm, you know, part-time home right now. And so I think that the whole idea of like liturgical living in the domestic church is one of the most beautiful things that really can help. I think especially women who sometimes maybe can feel like they don't know how what they do on a day-to-day basis contributes to the church. Yeah, I mean, as a mom, you're playing the long game. Um, you don't often see the fruits of your labor, and so it feels like you're not doing anything. Um, and I fall into that, too. It feels like day-to-day, like, what did I do today? Like, what have I done today? I've made breakfast. I've made lunch. I've cleaned up after those things. Nothing significant. But, you know, we find out as they grow older, especially as they're teenagers and adults and things like that, um, you start to see the fruits of those things. And then you really don't see the fullness of it until we, till we die and we go to heaven and our family's there. We tell our kids all the time that my number one job and, and my husband's number one job is to get everybody to heaven. And that's everything else that we do stems from that. That's our vocation. That's our job is to get us all to heaven. So I love that, especially because it's so easy to have your own priorities kind of be misdirected. I love that you just have that open and honest conversation with your kids about what your purpose is and what they're made for is heaven. So that's super beautiful. So you have written a book, you've re-edited it and added more to it about um, liturgical living and the domestic church. How has that impacted your own family and then your own personal faith life as a mom who is caring for small kids and who, like you said just now, sometimes doesn't feel like you've done anything significant. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I noticed with my own kids, you know, we didn't, I didn't do liturgical living growing up. I remember going into Catholic school, like partway through my school career and not like Lent, Advent, what are these things? Like, I don't, you know, I just like, none of this made sense to me. And so now, you know, with my kids, they're, Right now they're three, five, seven, and almost nine. And, um, and they know, they just, they know so much about their faith already at this point. Um, and it makes me happy that they're not going to have to claw their way through it, you know, when they're older. Um, you know, I guess it's a possibility that, you know, and, and as moms, we hope this doesn't happen, but it does, that they'll fall away from the church and hopefully come back. Um, but I want to, you know, kind of arm them with all this stuff. Um, and show them how beautiful the church is, um, show them that every day can be a celebration, show them all these great men and women that have come before us, who are praying for us, who we can ask to pray for us, just to kind of, I guess, I guess our goal is to fill our day with Jesus so that it's just normal for our kids to think about him and seek him all day long. 
and if they if they grow up that way we're hoping they don't they don't stray far from him absolutely i think the the beautiful thing about celebrating in the church is that there's this very common misconception if you aren't immersed in the life of the church if you're you know somewhat removed from it you might only see the rules like you were saying earlier whereas the actual real bulk of our faith is celebration i mean we're celebrating jesus and then we're celebrating the people who help us draw closer to him and so i think that's something that you know i grew up and then i had a a lovely battle with scrupulosity which i don't wish on anybody but oh man it's the worst and so anyways like growing up, I don't want my kids to experience that. I don't want them to feel like God's not a joyful, loving God. I want them to feel like he is because he is. And so I think celebrating all of these wonderful, wonderful feasts is just such a great way for our kids to remember like, yes, there's, there's times of penance and there's times when we mess up and there's times when we need to go and, and ask for forgiveness. But there's so many more times of celebration in our faith. And I think that's something that gets kind of overlooked sometimes. It's so easy to, you know, to display that in your home too. Like tonight, what we'll probably do is after dinner, the kids will inevitably ask if we're going to have dessert. And, you know, we have like a bowl of candy that we keep up above the fridge and we just throw Halloween candy, Easter candy, whatever candy we're given, we just throw in there. And I just turn it into a liturgical thing. I'm like, yes, it's the feast of St. Thomas More today. We're going to have a piece of candy. And, you know, and they're so excited about it. So it's like, I didn't have to do anything for that. I love it. Oh my I love it. I mean, yeah, you just keep that bowl of candy. It's super no prep, right? Like just yeah. literally here you go. <laughs> okay. So when you say lazy liturgical, like, what was it that motivated you to take a low-pressure approach? I think it's just knowing myself over time, you know, as I grew, as I've grown older, just knowing how well I deal with things, how I stick to plans, things like that. Um, I've just realized over time to take on less and to do a better job of it than trying to, and and I I also struggle a lot with, I want to plan everything out to a T all day long. And as you know, like that just doesn't end up working out with kids. Um, Things happen. And so I found myself getting frustrated a lot because I wasn't accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish or gosh, I could just have this perfect liturgical living life. If these kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I'm doing it for them. Like that's the whole point of this. And so it was just kind of silly to think like they're getting in the way of me trying to create this perfect atmosphere for them. So I knew, I knew it had to be something simpler, something that I could actually stick with. Yeah. Because I tend to take things, take on too much and then, it's a glorious explosion of failure. <laughs> I hear you. I am, you were an English teacher, right? It was, yes. Okay. I feel like there might be something career-wise where like planning and wanting it to work. and <laughs> like, I just loved like the planner and getting it all in there and everything. And we're going to do this day and this. And yeah, sometimes I enjoyed that even more, I think. I'm with you. Yeah. I actually have my my hard copy planner sitting next to me because I like my hard copy planner. It's very helpful. Just like- my husband makes fun of me all the time. He wants a synced up Google calendar on our phones, but I need the hard, you know, the physical planner in front of me in order to make it work. So I just, I have a little one that I keep in my purse and that's what we consult when we want to know. That's the master calendar. <laughs> yep. That's so funny. I'm so glad that I met somebody else who also likes planning and uses a paper yep. planner. 
Thank you. <laughs> we may be the last two people in the world who use paper planners, but I'm not possibly. Kidding. I think the two of us might be simultaneously keeping Franklin Covey like in business. Quite possible. Okay, some of the feast days they're really easy to like want to celebrate. Some things like Christmas, but then and most people, I think, if you are Catholic, most people do have traditions and things that they can incorporate into into their lives and into their homes. But what about the ones that are maybe not that well known? Like what about the stuff that kind of like comes up kind of out of nowhere? Like today is the Feast of St. Thomas More. And so how do you make sure that you feel excited about sharing these things? Yeah, I think um, having the book in general, like which is why I wrote it for myself, was one way that I helped myself with that because I don't often just know off the top of my head, you know, these random saints and feast days and things like that. Like the big ones, of course I know, but I often I'll just be scrolling on Instagram and I'm like, Oh, it's that feast day today. Like, you know, (laughs) even as somebody who wrote the book, I still do that. And so I wanted something I could just crack open and there would be ideas in it that I didn't have to go to the store. I didn't have to bake anything. I didn't have to do anything. It was just ideas that were in there to make it really simple. And, and, you know, like I said, they're not a big deal. We, you know, like this morning, we just said a prayer together and stuff like that. Ask St. Thomas more to pray for us. And, uh, and then we kind of just go about our day after that. Sometimes we'll read the same biography if I happen to have one on hand or I'll pull it up on the internet or something like that. But, but yeah, so it's, it's not always, you know, a big thing every day. It's so, okay. This brings me to another question. I have seen beautiful, incredible things that people have written and put out on the internet that are very overwhelming to me. Super cool, like we were saying, but the amount of time it would take to execute and implement and prepare for something like that, I just, I don't have it. I mean, my kids are almost seven, four, and two. So we have a very wide range of ability and focus. And so what would you say is like the average amount of time you spend per day on just incorporating liturgical living into your, your home life? That's a good question. So as far as like the actual saint or something like that, that we might be celebrating, you know, it depends on the, you know, I guess the, it depends on the saint. So some saints, you know, like, like today, it was just a couple minutes of doing a prayer. But, you know, obviously for like Christmas and Easter or Pentecost or something, it might take us a little bit longer because there's, you know, a lot more celebration going on, um, or we might go to mass or something like that. So I would say on average, it's just a few minutes a day that, you know, maybe while we're eating lunch or something like that, we just kind of sit down once I, you know, when it pops into my head and we do something, but we also do other things throughout the day, you know, to kind of keep the faith in our house too. You know, we do family prayers together every single night. We have like a little family um, altar. And so we you know, we do that. We like, there's a little podcast we like to listen to called Catholic Sprouts. Um, And so we listen to that um, for school every day. We we homeschool. So we we try to listen to that a lot. We'll do that during lunch a lot of the time too. Um, My husband will often talk about, you know, look at this, God created this and God created that. And so we, we incorporate our faith into the day in those ways too. So I think the, the saints and the feasts and things like that are just a small part of what we try to do each day. That is awesome. Okay. I know I'm always, it's funny, but one of the things, cause I have three daughters and they, one of them hates having her hair brushed, like hates it. It's so curly. It's so cute, but like you got to brush your hair. So I've been telling my daughters that I have to brush the hair because they have dignity. And so like, it's so funny, but there's just these, all these like little ways that you can just so easily without even my, uh, my four-year-old Maria, I have to brush your hair. Why do I have to brush your hair? 
because I have dignity. And it's just so funny that she's got her little sad voice about having dignity and having to have her hair brushed. But Famous Catholic mom line, offer it up. You know, um, I've explained that to my kids multiple times. So they know the meaning behind it. I don't just yell it at them when they're, you know, whining or anything. Um, so they know what offer it up means, but now I can just say that to them, you know, well, offer it up and, and they know what they, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. So it's just like little phrases, Catholic mom phrases that you can kind of, you know, throw at them and, you know, and live liturgically. (laughs) So one of the other things you do that I wanted to talk about is that you have your own business, right? Like you, can you just kind of like share about what that experience has been like and how that has kind of impacted your family and your faith? Yeah. So I wanted to take um, liturgical living, like even like a little step more. My husband, I, I, I do a lot of artwork and stuff like that. And my husband saw me one day sitting at the counter and I was fiddling with my watercolors and all my brushes and all this kind of stuff. And I thought I had had like a quiet moment. The kids were outside. So I got it all out. And then of course they all come tumbling in and I want to paint and you know, all this stuff. And so he surprised me one year with um, an iPad. Uh, like a iPad pro with a little pencil and stuff. And so I started doodling little like coloring sheets for my kids to color for the liturgical days. And I was like, you know what? I think other parents might like these too. So I started offering them in my Etsy shop. And so now I've got most of the months covered almost every feast or, you know, solemnity or whatnot in my book. Um, I think I still need to kind of finish up September, I think is the last month I need to finish up. But yeah, but most of the months are done and you can kind of go to my shop and whatever feast day it is, you can pull it up and download it and print it out. And it's like a coloring or activity sheet for a lot of the different feast days throughout the year. Yeah, so cool. And what is the name of your shop? Well, the name of my shop, uh, it kind of comes from a blog that I used to have, but the shop is uh, Call Her Happy is the shop. And I, and the shop has taken it it's taken a lot of different turns over time. I used to sell a lot of embroidery work, digital artwork, um, stuff like that, postcards, stationery, um, and now it's more of digital stuff. That is really cool. But I love how like it's evolved with you as you've grown in your own journey. You've found what you're passionate about and you found what you want to create and what you want to offer. Yeah, I'm just trying to kind of stay open to what the spirit wants me to do, I guess. That's probably the, that's probably the only way to do it. Okay. So you've of course started your own business then with small kids at home. And so was it like difficult to find the time to do things for you, find the time to do things to create? Like what, what was that kind of like? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a balance for sure. Um, it's really easy for me to fall into like, let me put the TV on for them so I can just get some things done or, you know, to get snippy with them, you know, leave me alone. I'm trying to get this done. And I think that, you know, the times that I tend to get snippy with my kids are the times when I'm trying to do something for myself, which of course is important for moms to do, but, but, you know, not at the expense of the well being of your children, of course. Right. <laughs> um, and so it was a matter of finding that kind of balance between um, me time and, and, you know, when I need to be, you know, working on my vocation. And then also, I think because it is artwork, they love drawing, uh, coloring, things like that. And so they can draw and color right along with me. They know they're not allowed to touch my iPad because they break everything that they touch. Um, So, but they, you know, they've got their coloring books and their crayons and their art supplies and things like that. So we would often do that. And also they are involved um, in my shop as well. Um, They're my little like behind the scene workers because they actually color and 
you know, create most of the, most of the worksheets that I do. So I, I know I design them, print them out, and then they are my little testers and they color them, fix them all up for me. And then we photograph them for the site. So they really enjoy, you know, I always say that we kind of celebrate, sometimes we celebrate liturgically like a month ahead of time because uh, we're trying to get the, <laughs> trying to get the sheets out for people in a timely fashion. So sometimes we celebrate a little bit early. <laughs> But I think that's so cool because you're so intentional about it. And I think it's so good for kids to see that, you know, like you are their mom, of course, but you're also contributing things for other families too. And so I love this idea of like, especially when we've kind of all been under this stay at home order for the past several months, like you're still able to do things that are helpful for other people that can help other people draw closer to Jesus, like no matter what your circumstance in life is. So I think that's a beautiful lesson and your kids sound awesome. And I love seeing their artwork when they color things and you post it. So cute. Yeah, they really enjoy doing it too. So it makes me happy that they're able to be involved in that way. I always tell them, I said, you know, the money I make from this, like that's your piano lessons and your t-ball team and all that kind of stuff. I said, so, you know, so you guys get to help me out and, uh, and I use that money stuff for you guys. So they're happy to do it. That is so cool. I love that they're not only contributing, but they're also seeing, you know, I want to say, you know, it's not just like, you can't do everything. Like you have. Yeah. A famous saying around our house all the time is don't do a fast job, do a good job. You need to, you know, work hard. Always saying to them, did you do a fast job or did you do a good job? You know, well, both. I'm like, you can do a fast job if you're doing a good job, but (laughs) I'm going to go check it. That is, oh my gosh, that is too funny. Okay, so before we finish up, I was wondering, do you have any advice for families that want to get started with liturgical living? Yeah, I think the best advice is pick something small and start with that. Uh, Maybe pick a saint that is meaningful to your family somehow or a feast that's meaningful to your family somehow. Uh, Maybe your kids' names are named after saints is a good way to start. And don't feel like because you did it this year that it's like this, you know, annual thing that you're going to have to take on every single year. You know, some years you might be able to, some years you might be sick and you can't or you're doing whatever. But it's just a matter of, you know, doing something very simple and just, you know, picking a few things to start with instead of feeling like, you have to jump in, you know, feet first and every single day has to be something. That is really good advice. Okay. So I want to share with you this, my all-time favorite activity in this version, which I'm going to go hop on my cart and add the new version in there as soon as we're done, because I love this. It's just easy. But my favorite is St. John Bosco, where you suggest learning how to juggle because (laughs) I cannot juggle. (laughs) Oh, me either. No. (laughs) I think I mentioned it. I think the fun is in the trying. So yes. But I actually, at one point told my kids, this is not juggling. This is me struggling. And so this is what we call juggling in our house. We just call it struggling. So that's, uh, there's a metaphor in there somewhere. I feel like (laughs) somewhere, somewhere in there. I don't know. Okay. So Jenna, if, um, if people want to follow you on Instagram or like Pinterest or anything, can they do that? Yes. Yeah. I have a couple different accounts um, just because I've moved more away from blogging um, to my book, but I do a lot of things at uh, Call Her Happy um, across most social media. And then I also have an account specifically for the liturgical living aspect of it. And that's um, Lazy Liturgical. Cool. Okay. And then the shop is still Call Her Happy, right? Yep. Yeah. Is that Etsy? 
It's on Etsy. Yep. Yep. Etsy.com slash shop slash call her happy. Cool. Okay. Thank you. This has been super fun just to have some time to chat with you. And I really appreciate it being a guest on the podcast with me. I really appreciate your time today. So thank you, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to everybody for tuning in today and especially for Jenna joining us with just her wealth of knowledge and wisdom and years of liturgical living experience in a way that is very unoverwhelming. Um, not underwhelming, but just easy and natural and wonderful to fit into a busy family life, something that I personally feel I could keep up with, whereas I might not always be able to keep up with other more complicated or complex approaches at this point in my life. So I highly recommend that you guys hop on Etsy and purchase her book, support an awesome Catholic mama who is creating wonderful content with amazing ways that you can incorporate liturgical living into your life. So until next time, my hope and my prayer is that you feel as loved as you are 